Warning! The following podcast contains strong language, which some listeners may find offensive. If you do... Up yours! That's only if you don't listen to the podcast. Otherwise, not up yours. Did you know the Untitled Wrestling Podcast is on all of the social media outlets? Give us a like, follow, share, subscribe, or even a review if you're feeling generous. Facebook and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Twitter, Twitch, and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. Oh, hey, it's us again. We're back for another episode. It's the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. I'm Troy, joined as always by Jay, and we are here to review this week's episode of NXT UK. How you feeling, mate? Okay, I've been better. <laughs> feel, feel like I'm coming down with something, but let's, uh, let's roll with it. <laughs> not the Rona, please, not the Rona. Just, I mean, I wouldn't mind a week off if I've got the Rona. <laughs> just, just one Rona. Just, it's just what, like a rainmaker. Just, just one, just to just give me one. a week off. Just one. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be against that, but obviously, I don't want to get sick. Of course not. Uh, well, before we get into NXT UK, uh, we've got a few tidbits. Uh, we're recording a little later than usual, so at time of recording, it is Sunday the 17th of October. As usual, we'll do the day before, so 16th. Uh, one pay-per-view, actually, no, a couple of birthdays. 1999, Zia Brookside is born. And in 1983, Kenny Omega is born. Kenny Omega. <laughs> um, we've got one pay-per-view. Uh, and that is, uh, in 2011, TNA presents Bound for Glory. Um, and this was, a, I say a stat card, like it was, there was a lot of matches on there. There's a lot of title matches. There was a lot of stipulations uh, and what looks like a lot of nonsense stipulations as well. Uh, so we'll go through it. Dark match uh, is, I can't even pronounce that, Anaquia and Hernandez. Oh, God. Versus uh, Jesse big, Neal and Shannon Moore. Big tasty day. Oh, shit. Big tasty day is just there, pricked up, and he's, like, probably crying somewhere now. <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure he said that's the worst match in TNA history. Really? I'm I'm almost certain he said that. I don't... I'll, I'll ask him. I mean, that takes some beating, because TNA pumped out a lot of tribe. They did, but inking... And Anakia are both very, very shit. Right. <laughs> so there uh, is that. They defeated Jesse Neal and Shannon Moore um, in a match for the TNA World Tag Team titles, which they retained. Opening match of the show saw Austin Aries defeat Brian Kendrick to retain the TNA X Division title. Crimson defeated Matt Morgan and Samoa Joe triple threat match for just reasons. Uh, in a full Metal Mayhem match, Rob Van Dam defeated Jerry Lynn. I bet that fucked. Yeah, anything with Jerry Lynn in. Full Metal Mayhem, basically TLC. Oh, okay. So I bet that fucked. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, in a Fool's Count Anywhere Philadelphia street fight, Mr. Anderson defeated Bully Ray. Uh, in a match, a fatal four-way, for the TNA Knockouts Championship with special guest referee Karen Jarrett, Velvet Sky defeated Madison Rain, Mickey James, and Winter to become the new TNA Knockouts Champion. In 
in an I quit match, AJ Styles defeated Christopher Daniels via submission. Uh, the, oh, the stipulation is, fuck me. If Sting wins, Dixie Carter regains control of TNA. Sting defeated Hulk Hogan by submission. What the fuck? <laughs> These are the dark days of Joker's thing, I believe. <laughs> and in the main event, Kurt Angle defeated Bobby Roode to retain the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. That's a manga. I bet it is. Um, Sticking with the 16th, last one. uh, WWE presents their 1,000th episode of SmackDown. Pretty short card in terms of matches, but it was more about what happened in between. So matches on that card were Jimmy and Jay uh, Uso defeating AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan. The Miz defeated Rusev. Uh, I believe that was for that was one of the World Cup thingy matches at Crown Jewel, one of the qualifiers. Oh no. Cesaro and Sheamus the Bar defeated Biggie and Xavier Woods to become the new WWE SmackDown tag team champions with the help of Tall Paul, if I remember correctly. Came in at the end. Oh, was that the bit where the big show was in the bar for like three weeks? Yeah. For just reasons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and in the final match, again, I think this was another of the World Cup qualifying matches. Uh, Rey Mysterio defeated Shinsuke Nakamura. However, as I said, it was more about the promos on that show. Um, it opened with uh, a promo with Truth TV, uh, and he brought out Stephanie McMahon and then Shane McMahon, and then eventually Vince McMahon. Um, Vince said no one wants to hear them talk uh, and then ordered everyone to do a dance break, which the thing that Truth was doing at the time. Um, There was another segment uh, which saw the uh, reunion of Evolution, that being Batista, Ric Flair, Randy Orton and Triple H. And that planted the seeds for Batista's in-ring return uh, where he faced Triple H in the, what was it? No Holes Barred match at Mania? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we also got Triple H walking around like he's just done a load of cocaine in that match, <laughs> skewing his face off. Uh, we also got the return of The Undertaker to SmackDown, which ended the show. Uh, and this obviously went into the, the, the infamous uh Brothers of Destruction versus DX match at Crown Jewel, and all he did on that episode of SmackDown was come out and said at Crown Jewel, I have three words for DX rest in peace. And and we know what happened after that. So we don't need to talk about it. Sean's legacy is now resting in peace. <laughs> in a sewage plant. Nah, hot turds. Nah, it's 10 in his fucking grave. That's what it's doing. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, we'll go to the 17th of October. Uh, one birthday, 1957, Steve McMichael. Oh, God, not Mongo. <laughs> One of the worst professional wrestlers I think I might have ever seen. And we've been talking about Anna Kier and fucking <laughs> uh, King on that as well. Ah, oh, dear, oh, dear. Uh, and then just one pay-per-view um, in 1999, WWF presents No Mercy uh, from the Gund Arena in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, opening match, uh, the Godfather defeated Midian. Uh, the fabulous Moolah defeated Ivory to become the new WWF Women's Champion. Christ. Uh, Crash Holly and Hardcore Holly defeated Mr. Ass and Road Dog via disqualification. In a good housekeeping match, China defeated Jeff Jarrett to become the new Intercontinental Champion. 
The Rock defeated the British Bulldog. The Hardy Boys defeated Edge and well, Christian. You, you, you're, miss, you're missing a key point of The Rock defeating the British Bulldog there. Am I? Yeah. What? If it's the, I don't think it is, which I'm 90% sure it is. He won by Rock Pot, Bottom and Bulldog onto a big pile of dog shit. Oh, good grief, really? Different time, mate. Different time. 99, different time. The Hardy Boys defeated Edge and Christian in a tag team ladder match. Uh, Val Venus defeated Mankind. X-Pac defeated Bradshaw, Farouk and Kane in a fatal four-way elimination. And in the main event, in an Anything Goes match, Triple H defeated Steve Austin to retain the WWF World Heavyweight title. Mm. There we go. Uh, So that's the tidbits. Um, I've I've got a show for that day. I'll have you now. Have you now? Yeah, boy. Go on then. Yeah, about this one. So, in 2009, Shakara presents an optimistic oh. view of the pessimistic world. Fuck me. Why? Wait, Why, Shakara? Wait, wait till you hear some of the names on this card, mate. Uh, so, in the opening match, Vin Gerard, don't worry about it, defeated Lince Dorado. Um, in Claudio Castagnoli, a.k.a. Cesaro, mm-hmm. defeated good old friend of the podcast, Player Uno, now Evil Uno. Nice. Um, a Masters and Ophidian, the Osarian Portal, defeated the Young Bucks Fist, which consists of Chuck Taylor and Icarus, and um, the team of Dasha Hatfield and Sugar Dunkerton in a fatal four-way elimination tag match. Right. Um, Helios defeated Hallow Wicked. Jigsaw defeated Stigma. Don't worry about them. Um, <laughs> Mike Quackenbush Bush defeated Sal Renaro. Um, Crook. Crossbones and Ultramantis Black defeated Carpenter Ant, who isn't anyone important, and Green Ant, who is Tracy Williams from Ring of Honor fame. Player Dose, a.k.a. Stu Grayson from The Dark Order, defended the Shikara Young Lions Cup against Frightmare. And in the main event, Fire Ant and Soldier Ant, which was the team of Orange Cassidy and All Sack Drew Gulak, defeated... (laughs) Brody Lee and Grizzly Redwood in a two out of three fourths tag match for the Shikara tag team titles. Okay, that's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. That that's like good Shikara. That's like that's really good Shikara. Not yeah, the one that that's... not the one that Aaron did the other week. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Just absolute trash. It's probably probably a good show to be fair. <laughs> probably would have been a good show. That was right actually. That's, that sounded good. Mm-hmm. Sounded good. Yeah, so, Shikara and PWG around that time, like full of like just people who were in WWE now, was full like mm, eight. Now, up, like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> nice. NXT mm. UK then from this week, 14th of October. Crowds are back. There's new music. I quite like the new music actually. It's all right. I'm not sure about it. Oh, okay. I really, I really like the old theme. I do like the old one. That's partly why I wasn't too sure about it, but mm. also I, don't know, I just felt a bit flat. What the music? Yeah. Oh, okay. A bit bland compared to the other one. Yeah, I I get it. The other one was kind of like upbeat, like pumped a bit. There wasn't, there wasn't much energy to it, was there? Nah. There also didn't feel like, I'll be honest, like I'll say it at the end as well, but whilst the crowds are back, didn't feel like there was much energy from the crowd. And I don't know if that's because of the numbers or if they were told that they couldn't really cheer as much I, or what. I feel like it I might have been that. It's down to the numbers myself. Because it was so, well, it was all socially distanced, wasn't it? And it, it was, was uh, yeah. socially distanced. Um, it was everyone was masked up, so mm. it's hard to kind of get like a wrestling atmosphere. Yeah, I guess so. 
you've got like those kind of restrictions. Mm. I mean, it's not possible, but even when like you look at um, when AEW started bringing fans back during the pandemic, and um, you you wouldn't have known those fans in the in there mm. because. There, there was there was literally like yeah. the sound. There was not for the sound to bounce off. Mm. I didn't know if it was like a similar situation that they had in New Japan, where when they brought fans back in, they were like, "You can't cheer." Basically, you can applaud, but you can't cheer at risk of kind of spreading stuff from your mouth. I didn't know if they'd employed a similar thing there, or like you say, probably just more down to numbers. But still, good to see some fans back. Um, hopefully, we'll get on that list for the next one uh, when it comes around in a couple of weeks. Um, Things kick off straight away, however, with Blair Davenport against Stevie Turner. This is the match that was made the other week at the request of Stevie Turner. Um, Blair Davenport obviously been running over everyone in the, in the women's division, trying to get herself reinstated. Uh, and Stevie Turner um, demanded the match. Uh, and that was what got Davenport reinstated. Um, Davenport goes right after Turner as soon as she enters the ring. Um, but then Turner responds back um, with some stiff offense early on. Um, and then there's quite a bit of back and forth and even one really gaining a clear advantage. Um, there's a triple neck breaker, uh, which got Turner a two count. So she held on after she'd executed each one. The last one looked a bit grisly. Uh, Davenport when, responds. Yeah. Say again. When Davenport, when Davenport kicked out as well, Stevie mm. Turner made sure to tell her that she's only in the second dimension. Second dimension. And she's Stevie from, Turner's from the fourth dimension. Fourth dimension, that's it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So that means she's twice as good as Blair Davenport. Don't um, start doing Steiner math. <laughs> this, this, um, this was a bit of a weird dynamic, this match, because Blair Davenport was clearly the heel, like the fans were booing the shit out of it. But they've portrayed Stevie Turner as a heel for the last couple but of Stevie months. Ter- yeah, Stevie Turner has been portrayed as a heel for like the last like two, three months. So it's something mm. weren't sure whether they wanted to cheer her or not. Yeah. Kind, kind of, she kind of won them over, but it was still like a bit uneasy. Like, just awkward, I think. Yeah, it was a mm. little bit. There was a little bit of trepidation from the crowd there to cheer her. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Davenport responds with a roundhouse kick uh, for two. Turner then gets uh, a two off a, a Mass Effect in the corner, and then in the finish of the match, Davenport move called Mass Effect. <laughs> you loved Mass Effect, not the third one, but third one. Third one plays well, just the ending shit. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the ending of this wasn't shit because Davenport hits the, the Kamagoya knee strike and then hits the Falcon Arrow, picks up the win. Uh, she then cuts a quick promo in the ring afterwards, puts a women's roster on notice afterwards. It's good. That was the first time I've noticed they're having like a bit of a Kiwi twang to her accent. Oh, I heard it straight away. I thought she sounded less Kiwi in this promo. Well, the only reason when it was when she went, Scala. Scala. But like before that, she's got like she's got quite a posh voice, hasn't she? She has. She's very well spoken. I didn't because I I didn't know she was from New Zealand until oh okay until like it was announced like when she was entering. I was like, wait, what? Not not like this week. Like I just hmm. like like in AW when they announced her from New Zealand. I was like, hang on, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, she's she's is very well spoken. Uh, speaking of people that aren't well spoken, Shah Samuels and Noamdar in uh, a little backstage thing. Uh, they're looking to celebrate um, Dar's Heritage Cup tournament victory. And they come into what looks like a sort of staff room and it's got happy birthday banners and there's two guys just sat there with, with hats on and he, he boots them out. Um, and 
Shah Samuels feels terrible that he's kind of ruined it and, and the surprise didn't go how he wanted it to. But Dar says, don't worry, we'll use this as practice for when we both eventually win. Uh, that leading into Shah Samuels and Flash Morgan Webster's match and oh, Dar's eventual one against Bate. He's such a parody of himself, isn't he, Shah Samuels? <laughs> <laughs> um, before we get that match, however, we then get a really nicely shot vignette um, with Tayoman and Raja. Uh, basically, they say the family is outnumbered. That's why Tayoman didn't win his match. Um, it's his responsibility to take care of the family and promises that the family will grow soon. Yes, boy. Interesting. We've been waiting for this for months since they kind of yeah. announced this whole eye thing and then we saw the table and the various chairs around it. It, it felt as though the um, the Heritage Cup tournaments and Tayoman being involved in that kind of put it aside for a bit. Mm. While like we got through that, like they didn't want to like overcomplicate that, but makes sense. They did the whole tease with Gallus, didn't he? And yeah, maybe that's where we're going with this. Tim, I'm getting a big hoss or something. Oh yes, I'm I'm excited for that. I, as soon as they kind of revealed that this was going to start turning into some sort of faction, the the excitement and the intrigue as to who else they'd get joining that, and whether it's someone that we already know and is existing, or it's someone else. Coming in from could elsewhere, from uh, WXW, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Could be, a, could be a, someone, someone else who could be a good shout. Who's a big old horse is Andy Wild. Oh, he's been shout. showing up a lot on. NXT. He has. He has. Um, I also wouldn't mind seeing. Um, oh fuck, I've forgotten his name. What they repackage repackage him as Regal Son. Oh, um, Charlie Dempsey. Charlie Dempsey. Yeah, yeah. Got the the Brutus technician on there, sort of a hoss ish, I guess. Um, I I just want him to just just go murder people. Him and Dragonoff would be stiff as fuck. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I feel like they're building up for something. Well, I feel like they're building him up for a rematch with Tyler Bates. Who? I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Charlie Dempsey. Okay. If he uh, took the Heritage Cup off Tyler Bates. Hmm. Yeah. Snapping him like a fucking twig. <laughs> uh, and then the final backstage promo vignette uh, is Sid Scarlett in his office just getting off the phone, um, just about to make a big announcement. Ginny then comes in uh, and he tells us what that announcement is and that she's been granted her championship match against Maker Satamora and that'll take place in three weeks' time. Lovely, that's lovely. Gonna, that's going to slap, isn't it? It will. Maker's winning it, though, surely. You'd think so. Yeah. The- I feel like I feel like Millie's probably going to be the person to take the bells off Mego. Yeah, yeah. But I I could also see Ginny doing it. Mm. Who knows? Uh, next up, Shaw Samuels against Flash Morgan Webster. Fuck me, Shaw Samuels looks in phenomenal shape. Yeah, absolutely it, superb. It was weird though because he was still like kind of like going on about him being a hoss, and it's like he's not anymore. He's is he? not anymore. He's definitely not anymore. He's closer to a cruiserweight than a hoss. Yeah, he just looked like he'd shrunk in the wash. <laughs> I think they announced him as 229 pounds. And he it? is trim. Yeah, because he's he's lost a lot of weight. A huge amount of weight. He looks awesome. Like a drastic amount of weight quite quickly as well. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. then I suppose with the with the taping patterns, it's like six week blocks, isn't it? So mm. That's why, like, we'd see like a transformation like that, where it's like, oh, well, of course he's gonna look like he's lost a shit ton of weight because it's been six weeks. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, does look impressive. He looks very good. Yeah. Uh, the match itself, um, Flash uses his speed uh, and quickness to attack and evade Samuels early on, very much like a sort of cat and mouse game and, and Flash constantly getting the upper hand. Samuels then drops Webster a couple of times uh, to gain the upper hand, uses his size and power. Um, every time Flash looks like he's going to build momentum, uh, Samuels just keeps dropping in. Uh, Webster just beats a 10 count sort of midway through the match. Um as he gets knocked out on the outside uh, and Samuels looked like he was just happy to take the count out win, um, but he scrambles back inside and instantly gets turned inside out with the uh, clothesline flash and starts to build some momentum, hit shy of a drop kick on the apron and then a dive to the outside. Um, he then follows up with a running knee and then a huge dive to the outside uh, as Samuels rolls out um, after the, the running knee. Um, Shah then catches Flash's crossbody attempt off the ropes, turns that into a fucking awesome looking spine buster and picks up the win off it. Yeah, that was a really cool um, counter. Yeah. Like he looked like he was going to put him through the ring. <laughs> yeah. The way he did it. I'm glad he's got a win as well. He really, really needed it, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like almost as if this is starting to legitimise Shah a bit more. Like he. Yeah. He looks the part now. Not that he didn't like a couple of months ago, but like mm. trim it up. He looks yeah. like what WWE would want in a like a main event guy. Mm. And he looked he looked a step quicker as well because he oh, really the, did the weight loss. Um, but it didn't take away from his power game either. No, I think um, there's big things in in the line for Shah Samuels. I hope so. Love Shah Samuels. Really, 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 really do. It's great. Uh, then we get uh, a little bit more backstage uh, vignette promo stuff. Uh, Nina Samuel's show, she interviews Zaya Brookside, um, lists off the amount of the, the, the various people that Zaya Brookside lost to. Uh, Brookside retorts with, well, you've lost to the same people. Uh, and so she then just calls out Aaliyah James uh, and says, I bet you can't beat her. Um, Brookside calls over Aaliyah James and they agree to a match and then they run off and train together. Um, back not seen her for ages. Yeah, as I say, it feels like a while since we've seen her on screen. Um, Very impressive. Mm. We then get a recap <clears throat> of Mustache Mountain uh, and their match against Smith and Carter, uh, where Symbiosis got involved. Um, and off the back of that, the match is made for next week, which is Symbiosis against Mastiff and Stars. That'd be fun. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and then finally, we see Gallus. Um, coming to Sid Scala's office. They interrupt a meeting between him and Jordan Devlin. Shout out to Jordan Devlin's shirt because, oh boy, good shit. It looks like he's been taking fashion tips off, off Pretty Deadly because that shirt was fucking loud. Um, they should absolutely be like the two people he teams with instead of, it, well, it was what we were saying. He was possibly Samuels and Dar, wasn't it? Samuels and Dar. Yeah. That, that'd be quite good, but I think Pretty Deadly and Devlin would be hilarious. <laughs> Um, great chat from Devlin in this really really good promo sort of retort basically says you know you call yourself the king but I'm an ace and an ace beats a king every time um, yeah. Coffee had his two shots at gold and failed he had one shot and he won it uh, referring to his cruiserweight championship reign uh, and then the rematch is made uh, and it's agreed that Gallus won't be uh, at ringside for their match that'd be good Devlin's got yeah. to win that surely for me yeah, there was so much like fuckery with the um the first match. Like Devlin really needs to win that. Mm. I feel like 
I feel like it, no one came out of that last one looking good. So, no, at least kind of reclaimed Devlin's credibility a little bit. Mm-hmm. Joe Coffey's a lost fucking cause at this point. Just, <laughs> just forget about that's gonna be Dallas a thing. Oh um, man! <laughs> and then we go into the main event, uh, which is Akid versus Ilya Dragunov for the. Uh, NXT United Kingdom Championship, this being Dragunov's first defense of the title since he beat uh, Walter at TakeOver. Uh, now, what, two months ago? Near enough, maybe six, seven weeks, better part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you notice, and I only noticed this on this match when the ref held the title up, and I don't know if any of the other referees were wearing it. The referee had an NXT 2.0 branded shirt on. It was the, the color splash NXT logo on the shirt. Oh, no. I didn't notice that. Yeah, that's given me the fear a little bit. I don't want NXT UK 2.0. I don't want any kind of rebrand over NXT UK. Please don't. I've already changed the music made to happen. (laughs) I can deal with a music change. I don't want a whole rebrand change. Doesn't need it. I wonder how many weeks they've taped. Um, I think it might have been four. I feel like they did two shows worth on each day. Hmm. So if they did two shows where that could feasibly be eight. They did two four-hour shows. Oh, I see what you mean. I meant two shows as in two weekly shows, so they recorded two hours each day. Yeah. So that's four weeks. But if they recorded four a day, then it was eight. I wouldn't be surprised if they like got it all boxed off up to like Christmas. Mm. Yeah, I guess I so. What are we in now, like? Two weeks off the back of the end of the month. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't checked any of the uh, spoilers, so I don't know how accurate that is. But uh, I, I it... know I know something you don't know. Do da. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the match itself, uh, very much a feeling out process from the off. Lots of map based technical work from both men, uh, some exchanges of some big chops, some stiff kicks. Uh, Akid looks to injure his leg at one point as he goes for another kick. Um, Dragunov then lands a really high, high on the shoulders German suplex, which looked looked good, but also nasty to take. Um, Dragunov hits the Constantine special, but doesn't pin him. Instead, clutches his arm in his hand, and this is kind of the the battle as as the whole match goes on. Is Dragunov's injured his arm, Akid's injured his leg. Both men kind of realise and start to target that injured area. Um, after another big exchange of chops and holes on the ground, neither men gain a clear advantage, uh, but both continue to target that area of the body. Lots of stiff offence. Um, Ilya goes for the Constantine special, um, but can't execute that or his matrix sort of evade uh, because of the injured arm, which he relies on for both. Akid gets uh, a count, a two count off a fisherman's suplex, but he can't bridge properly because of the injured leg. And this is really clever the way that it played into what they would usually do and they couldn't do it properly and neither one could finish each other off as a result. Uh, Dragunov hits a couple of German suplexes. Uh, Akid keeps hold of the arm uh, in a wrist slot position, which is pretty cool. Eddie um, at one point looked like he was going to club Akid out um, and turn it into a suplex. So I remember when he was sort of going through that phase before he faced Walter for the second time where he was just sort of knocking people out. It was just like punches to the head. I think it might yeah. just... Was it Sam Gradwell? I think it was someone before Sam Gradwell, which led to Gradwell's uh, match with him. Jack Stars? Possibly. Might have been. But it wasn't yeah, crazy. It was... Jack Stars, like a little baby. Like, yeah. Yeah, I think that like might be right. With elbows. 
Yeah. Um, I thought he was going to go for that at one point because it's kind of, it, it felt like there was this growing frustration throughout the match that he couldn't hit him with what he wanted to because of the injury and thought he'd just kind of resort to his old ways of just losing it and, and battering him into, into the point of kind of knockout really. Um, Aker then locks in a sleeper. Ilya manages to get his hand in the way. So Aker can't fully get the arm underneath the chin. Um, he then rolls out of that, hits him with a drop kick, locks in the, uh, gets a two off the drop kick and then locks in the sleeper submission again. Um, Dragunov eventually manages to wriggle out of that. Aker goes up to the turnbuckle. Uh, Ilya meets him, hits a huge German release off the top. Uh, he then goes for Torpedo Moscow. Aker hits a leaping kick to counter that, gets a very, very near fall. There's another big exchange of stiff forearms and chops. Aker tries to lock in a triangle choke and he does so, but Dragunov manages to drop him with a couple of power bombs. And then into the finish of the match, um, Aker tries to look and lock in the uh, Uma Plata and he's unable to. Dragunov then hits a torpedo Moscow to the leg and then hits a second one to take the win. And then we get a really nice show of respect and a handshake at the end. When Aker got that running kick, I thought he'd won it. I did as well. I, there was a few times in this match that I thought, fuck me, they're going to they're gonna pull the trigger on Aker then. Mm. I don't think it would have been out of place if they had done that either. No, because you could have had them bounce the title back of each other. And I think given how good this match was, this won't be the last time we see it. I imagine next time we see it, Aikid will probably take the title. But as you say, it wouldn't have been a surprise had had he done it this time around. Yeah, Aikid's so ready. Yeah. He's so ready to win that belt. Like, he really is. I think if it wasn't for the whole Ilya Walter thing and it wasn't for Walter, like, holding the belt for such a long time, Aker probably would have been the champion by now. Yeah, yeah. They really this was... job in establishing him. Oh, they yeah, absolutely. Well, they had him face Walter, didn't they? Whilst he was still Heritage Cup champion and whilst Walter was still champion, all of the yeah. work he did with the Heritage Cup whilst he had it and everything he's done afterwards, he's just, yeah, like you say, he's he's ready, he's there. Um, give me I don't imagine. Listen, <laughs> give me that much. That's all I want. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, I would imagine that when Dragunov eventually drops that title, it will be to Aikid. This was a banger. This was really, really uh, good. This was a good 20, 25 minutes, I think. It it really yeah. went. It was the most part of the show. Um, what a fucking treat as well for the, the first fans back in 18 months. And it is 18 months, not 18 weeks, Andy Shepard, which I'm pretty sure is what he said at the top he of the kept, show. Well, he said 80 weeks. 80 weeks. Oh, I thought he said 18 yeah. weeks. No, 80 weeks, which is was about 18 months. Oh, okay. I'll let him off then. All right. <laughs> but because <laughs> the way he said it. It sounded it, like 18 weeks. I, I was like, that, it's not been 18. It's been 80. And then it was, and it was like, oh, no, he's saying 80. Right, right, right. Yeah, but what a treat for the first fans back in um in that, that length of time to get this as the, the main event for it. Absolute banger. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, And yeah, it's it, it proved why Dragunov is is currently the champion, why he deserved to have it, but it also, as you say, shows that Aikid is more than ready to to be in that position as well. But then where do they sort of go from here? Like, I mean, Aikid, I suppose they can inject back into that title picture at any time, I guess, now, off the back yeah. of this and the momentum he's built. Who faces Dragunov next, though? Because he's kind of proved his worth against everyone else on his way to winning it. Tayman. Do you reckon? Don't know yet. Don't know. Maybe yet. But 
certainly a contender a little later down the line. Yeah, because the thing is, is he's beat Rampage, hasn't he? Mm. He's beat Joe Coffey. He beat Sam Gradwell. Not beat Tyler Bates. He's not beat Trent Seven. Not, not beat Nathan Fraser. Mm. Yeah, but it, it feels like they don't know what to do with Nathan Fraser at the moment. It's yeah. so stop-start. Like, the... The kind of the fanfare that he came in with. You compare him to AJ Styles, and it's like, yeah, but it's AJ Styles and TNA, the way you're booking him at the moment, not yeah. AJ Styles and fucking best in the world, like New R- Japan. Yeah. yeah, running rampant in New Japan and Ring yeah. of Honor. It's yeah. like it's like TNA AJ when his contract expired, and you're like, oh shit, what should we do? We're gonna try and give him Ric Flair's gimmick, sort of. Yeah. Even though he's a devout Christian and a happily married man with children, we're going to try and make him a yeah. playboy. Family man, AJ Styles. Put him <laughs> in play. Don't worry, like. <laughs> for everyone. Yeah. Um, they, need, they need to do something with uh, Nathan Fraser because he's tremendous. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like he's sort of fallen a little bit by the wayside. The, the amount of him, the amount of hype he had as well when he came in, as we say. And like, mm. Especially because he had those two matches in AEW. He had the match at Impact. Uh, he had the match at Warrior Wrestling. Yeah. And everyone was like, this guy's fucking incredible. Like, just, just just do something with him. And then came into NXT UK. I was like, okay, this is interesting. This is very interesting. Now he's just kind of like there. Yeah. It's weird. We've seen glimpses of kind of what he's capable of, but has never really felt like he's built any sort of momentum since he started there. Yeah, he's not he's not come close to like that match he had with um with Lee Johnson in AEW and the match he had with um, mm. Scorpio Sky in AEW where it was like really exciting. He had that match with Devlin, which was really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but then everything everything else has just been kind of like uh, just just do something with him. He's really good. Speaking of Devlin, that's another one in the title contention eventually. Yeah. Would love to see Devlin I, and Dragon off. I can see. I mean, they love giving Joe Coffey a fucking go at the NXT champion, don't they? He's not had to go earlier yet when he's been <laughs> champion. Um, mm. Wouldn't be surprised if he was just like another sort of fucking notching Ilya's bedpost just to kind of like legitimize him as the champion. But, or because they were kind of pushing each member of Gallus as potentially a single star, weren't they? Maybe we get a Wolfgang and drag off. Just have Ilya murder all of Gallus one by one. <laughs> You'd love that. Just elbow them to death. <laughs> That'd be great. But there's there's plenty of guys, I think, that could be in and around the title picture. Certainly Devlin's in there. A-Kid absolutely is in there. I think if Bate drops the Heritage Cup to Dar, which could happen, Bates well in there, I think. Uh, Rampage and, and Dragonoff, I'd love to see again. Um, depending on how they treat Shah Samuels, if Darwin's a Heritage Cup, Samuels will want an opportunity at his ch- chance at goal. We might get that. Um, yeah. yeah, there's there's plenty there. It's it's good. It's just mixes things up now that Dragonoff's champion, and we we get to see some really good fresh matchups. And and this was certainly one of them. And and this was slapped. Mm. It really did. And he's he's a tweener champion as well, isn't he? So it's like yeah, the, the way you are with against him. yeah, like he was more he was more of a heel in this match because Akid can't really Akid's over as fuck. He can't be booed. Yeah. Akid's like top babyface. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. 
I, I wouldn't have been disappointed if Ake had the one, to be honest. No, I wouldn't have done that. He would have been made up. Yeah, yeah. He's quickly becoming my favourite in NXT UK. Mm. Absolutely. I just want to see him go do all the fucking tours of like Japan. <laughs> that wraps up. <laughs> that wraps up this week's uh, review of NXT UK. I don't think there's anything in the mailbag this week. Um, but if you want to drop us any questions, um, join our Discord at Untitled Rest Pod or follow us on Twitter at Untitled Rest Pod. Uh, DM us with your questions, whether that be for NXT UK, NXT 2.0, Raw, SmackDown, Rampage, Dynamite, anything New Japan, Impact, or just general wrestling. Well, not even wrestling. You could ask us the usual question. Will there be bacon? And that's always fine. Will there be bacon? There will be bacon, yes, Jay. Okay. Sweet. (laughs) That wraps things up, guys. Thanks, as always, for listening. We appreciate it, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Hello, yes, Danhausen here. Danhausen has been summoned. You must love this podcast housing, the Untitled Wrestling Podcast housing. (laughs) 